0: Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, now uh, we're sitting with a brand who's kind of gotten a lot of traction recently, not a notary. um Not only were they nominated in uh, GPHG, but they're also trying to change a lot um, a little bit about the perception of what is, quote unquote, made in China. So who do we have here? Go ahead, brother.
1: Well, OK, well, uh, hi, everyone. I'm uh, Robin from Atelier One, the, the founder of Atelier One, And I'm uh, very, very happy to, to be here with you guys.
2: Do you want to uh, give us a little background of what yeah. What Atelier uh, Wen means to you and what, what yeah the of brand course is? of yeah.
1: course of course of course so I mean um, Atelier Wen literally is like the the culture workshop so you have like Atelier which is workshop in French and Wen which is a Wenhua culture in Chinese and the idea behind it is to explore like Chinese culture and craftsmanship through through watches mm-hmm. um, the, the reason I decided to do that is because I've been actually collecting Chinese watches since I'm like very young like fourteen years old because back then those were the, the only watches that I could afford. Uh, mechanical ones at least and I mean gradually I kind of got involved in the industry I got lucky I befriended a guy who was the head of the Chinese um, Chamber of Watchmaking so very very connected guy who then became my mentor and during my time in, in Beijing in China like he, he was able to take me around take me under his wing and to really show me like sort of like the, the best like uh, watchmakers um and and so on of the country and and there I really saw you know that you had like so many talented people People, so many really dedicated people, so many passionate people for whom like their their craft, what they were doing, their, their job was, was pretty much everything. Like they were living and breathing it. And um, that contrasted starkly with like what I could see like back in France or the UK uh, when I, I would talk about made in China where people would be like, no, I mean made in China is crap and it's it's just a bunch of kids in sweatshops. And then this kind of big gap that, that I witnessed um, was sort of like what pushed me to to create to create the brand. Like we have this brand to, to change the perceptions and to to like make like you know like super nice, super high quality, super fresh like Chinese watches, and show that well this this is what uh, made in China can can be about. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a co-founder in that like another French guy. I mean he's not French French because he was born in Hong Kong, okay. and we we wanted the name really you know to to be a reflection of who we are. At the beginning, we had sort of having like a full Chinese name, but then we thought maybe it's a bit like dishonest because we're like two French guys. Chinese. Well,
2: it's, it, it resonates with me because I'm actually part French and part Chinese, so oh, I you're think part French? yeah, part French. Oh, my really? last name's Ledoux. So. Oh wow! Yeah, and speak uh, now. I don't. I only Chinese. yeah. My mom's Chinese, but uh, I don't speak anything other than English, and that's I barely speak English. Oh, so, damn. um So, but I would love to get one of these watches for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm basically. I can be your model. I'm like I'm split right in half. Yeah, but I mean french and chinese i I think
1: if you change your name to atelier one like french chinese we we may have (laughs) i'll get that
2: tattooed on my butt wow (laughs) what has been your journey which changing this perception because I'm, I'm sure it's not easy
1: no it's, it's definitely not easy I mean you, you start with like a, a sort of like negative like a negative asset because I mean in the mind of people like mm-hmm. made in China is, is still very bad and and um, actually a lot of our communities in the US uh, which when I started the brand like I really didn't expect because you know you look from a kind of macro perspective you see like mm-hmm. uh, Chinese US relations are not that good like China doesn't really have a good image so I thought well hey we wouldn't really sell any watches uh, but it turns out that we sold a lot and I think it's, it's because people here are very like yeah, open minded about new concept really? but I mean there, there's still a lot to, to be done of course when we released uh, the, the new watch like we, we got an article on Hodinkee uh, for the first time and so this one drew a lot and a lot of comments and a lot of them were still like uh, I mean mm. I wouldn't touch uh, Chinese products mm. within a fit uh, so it shows that there's still a lot it of work to be that done that Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, know, I remember you mentioned that someone had helped you so we know that that's wrong good
1: Oh yeah, Ron Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like Ron was was really the the, the catalyst. Uh, catalyst. I don't know how you pronounce that. And out of like complete like randomness, I stumbled upon Ron in a random shop. And Ron was super connected to actually like the the local people of the industry. So he's the one who put me in touch with this person named Li Wei, who is like the the head of the Chinese like Chamber of Watchmaking. And then that's how like we sort of got started. But at the beginning, it's a huge coincidence. And I feel the only reason I met Ron, you know, it's like the Night before I went out and I drank a lot, and I was supposed to do like some stuff in the morning for like breakfast, meet some people, and I was just like too hangover that morning, so I just stayed in bed. And then, like, uh, I mean, uh, I left my place in the afternoon, uh, I just went to like some random shops to buy some random stuff, and there I stumbled upon Rome. But so if I hadn't been like that, like, hangover, I would have never met Ron, and this whole thing would have also never wow. existed. So, so
2: when so life gives you a hangover, yeah, go start a watch brand, yeah. Basically. So, thank you, alcohol, yeah, uh, thank, thank you, you, nightclubs, that's very nice. Yeah, there's, there's a few things i really like about the brand um and one of them was how much listening you do to your community's feedback so we did actually pull that watch you seek mm-hmm. article from 2018 oh really so, yes and it's called you, you, you it's, read the
1: whole thing i read yes. the whole thing oh my god and
2: it's called uh if you guys want to check this out it's called the journey behind the creation of my own chinese watch brand this is posted in july 24th 2018 and it's actually a really good. Um, actually, I think a little earlier than that, July fourth, July my birthday. Actually, wow. Um, and you actually put everything on the table. Mm. How you're going about this? It's almost like a guidebook to yeah. how to start your own brand. Um, but I noticed there was a lot of feedback, some good, some not good. <laughs> Most bad. Uh, mostly bad. <laughs> yeah. um, from not bad about the watch, but bad suggestions. I think. So how do you separate? what is going to be incorporated into your brand and what is yeah. not feedback that you want to listen to basically yeah
1: yeah for sure but um i think at some point you know you have a vision and it's like seventy percent of your products, seventy percent of where you wanna go, and with that you kind of like don't really like tend to to go like too far away from it. Uh, so I mean, there were some suggestions that were like asking me to do like radically different stuff. Um, I was kind of like confident into that vision, so mm-hmm. those I would kind of ignore. Uh, then as well.
2: Because I know there was a lot of contention about the name, which yeah, I think you yeah. went the right direction because they, yeah, they were saying all this stuff, all well, you need Atelier Day Wen, and it just syntactically, sure, maybe that makes sense, but a name's not supposed to, it's supposed to be about an expression. Yeah. right. It's supposed to capture a moment yeah, of an expression. Yeah, I think we were so.
1: just like confident about the name. We had spent a lot of time ourselves like thinking about the name, and you know the reason why we went for this name is because we felt it was really an honest reflection of who we are. Yeah, just two so, French so, guys yeah, that want to so be th- Chinese, you so, know so, what I mean? So th- So that's the thing, it it, it was really like the the core of our identity and that that is not something we were willing to to compromise on.
2: You guys go deeper into Chinese culture and it's not just like, uh, I think someone on the thread too posted, oh why don't you guys just do like Zodiac Chinese calendar and look at RM doing the Jackie Chan, uh, you know, dragon.
1: That's really what we want to avoid, you know, because it's like for so many people like Chinese aesthetics is like red. Uh, gold and dragons and if you do that then you have a, a Chinese watch and I feel it's like it's, it's the worst of the, the stereotypes I mean you're, you're basically reducing like thousands of years of culture to like three things and those three things make it a Chinese watch and I mean you look at all the western luxury brands like every year for Chinese New Year they redo the same thing they make something that is red with some gold and then they put either a dragon or some kind of like zodiac animals and they call it Chinese and I feel it's like it's really the opposite of what we want to do it's we commercial to, Chinese. To show, like the, yeah. the watch of the Chinese culture, like see how intricate it can be, how beautiful it can be. I mean, we want to kind of yeah share our experience as well going through that because i mean at the onset we, we knew nothing about it when we were younger and then we discovered that we and we, we love that we, mm-hmm. we we experienced really a, a sense of beauty that was like unlike anything else and and we want people to to be able also to to experience this because so yeah. you
2: not only put in the you know traditional chinese like uh porcelain dialing mm. but the, you have uh, or porcelain um, materials but you also have symbolism that relates to the time. parables and stories and, and Chinese yeah, yeah, war yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. this.
1: Yeah, that, That's that's what we try. But I think like as time goes by, we want to be less and less kind of figurative. And that is really hard because, I mean, if you if you ask yourself the question, like, what is modern Chinese style in watchmaking? Then there's no really answer to that uh, because there are not many brands that have attempted doing it. So it, it's a bit hard to really, like, also come up with something that is, like, Chinese that is modern and that is not, like, purely figurative. It would be so easy to just make, like, a, a Chinese, like, California dial, you know? Like, you put some Chinese characters, you put some Roman or Arabic ones and call it a day. But this is, like, extremely, like... Uh, direct it's, it's just like a transliteration of like something like super basic the key question is I don't know how you get to like design principles like really like really Chinese ones and then how do you apply them and translate them into watchmaking into something that makes sense and that is also modern
2: and then finally the last thing before I give the Michael because we're sharing a, a, a microphone between me and Jay but <laughs> uh well also sharing watches yeah a little I don't know the, the microphone broke, broke but um <laughs> one of the last um things I really enjoy about your dedication to your brand is how detailed you went with sourcing the materials I I, I was reading stories of how you went into a traditional porcelain region and it just it didn't work so you had to find someone else and then you the the blued hands were being faked so you had to find like truly source these materials and like even the what 904 uh, L steel you know I didn't know there was a difference between different regions in the world that actually it, it translates uh, yeah, to yeah, a better yeah, yeah. quality. So you went after Japanese and uh, I forget some other Nordic countries still yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that showed to me like, wow, you were actually uh, really dedicated to making this a successful and, and, and a you. change of perception.
1: Also, we both have like a love for our product. So we we want something, I mean, it, it will sound like so, so cheesy and cliche, but we want something that we would love to, to wear, like something, yes. I mean, I, at the onset, I'm like a, a watch nerd. So I want something that's really like something I, I would love of having. So, you know, I don't know, you're given the, the opportunity to really like choose everything. You only want like the the very, very best.
0: So before your current release, so I'll bring it back. uh, We're bringing it back to a little bit of porcelain. Uh, You released the How, which is the white, and the G, which Mm. is the blue. Uh, What made you think of using porcelain as a dial material? Because I don't think any other brand has ever done it. And uh, I remember when it first came out, I was just shocked that
1: you did it. So so there were a few reasons. some which were kind of linked to uh, what we're trying to do with with the brand, like this this aspect of like celebrating Chinese craftsmanship, and we thought it was a, a cool idea to actually like incorporate some some crafts. Uh, other aspects which were about like creating again this kind of modern Chinese style, where we thought like sort of reusing something extremely traditional, but turning it into a dial with like a modern like clean layout like would really help us in that mission. And then there was this third sort of reason as well that you know when we started the brand we were like i mean there's no like 700 us like Uh a steel free handle like chinese watch like uh the the sort of like most expensive ones where were the seagull and like a seagull automatic i think it's like what it's 1500 rmb which is now like 200 us Uh, and that was considered like an expensive chinese watch so we were like Are people really going to buy this? Because we didn't have any sort of track record or precedence to to really like gauge the interest. So we wanted to have the maximum value possible as well. But like, okay, let's also make something that is like super anthropologically speaking, interesting. And some brands do like porcelain dials, like Patek have some, has a lot of like, I mean, not a lot of, but some traditional brands do it. Which mm-hmm. um, is that it's complex, because I mean, you, you need to cook each dial. Uh, sometimes they can break. Uh, if you add coloring, which uh, we did for the, for the, the G, the blue yeah. one, it was really a nightmare to do, because we had issues with how like the pigments were spreading within the porcelain. And if you have a bit too much somewhere, then you have like black dots. So no that, that, that was a bit hard, but, but yeah, basically it's the the free the free reason why we wanted to, to do porcelain. And also like visually it's really cool the way it like reflects light and how it absorbs it and like re-emits it. It's it's not it's like gorgeous. a it's not like a plastic dial, it's not like a steel dial. It's it's really special, uh, for the lack of a better word. It's it's very special.
0: No, I absolutely agree. Actually, I don't know if you remember it, but you guys sent me yeah. a how.
1: Yeah, I do remember and
0: it. It was one of the watches that I remember in the early days of my group was a surprising watch because no one had heard of y'all yet. Yeah, You guys were like super young and super new. And I remember people's reaction on it being a porcelain dial. Um, I just thought that was great because that you guys were already active in the community early mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. So you guys are actually truly community driven. Uh, and... I think that most brands nowadays, um, they either have like a PR person but it's you. You're yeah. you are the brand and you are reaching out to the communities. So last night you guys had a complex event. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you see uh these communities affecting your guys like watches?
1: Um I think like for those kind of like very kind of like heavy on concept brands uh where you try to do something that is quite niche i think communities are 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 really key and and for us it's like i mean it's it's a good way of uh i mean it's 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 a good way of like kind of really steering the brand in the right direction uh so because we're like in constant contact with those people whether it's on instagram whether it's on like whatsapp we, we do a lot of like whatsapp groups uh, whether it's like the physical events i mean we would love to do more it's, it's just the beginning Completo was was really great but i think getting this sort of like you know like in-person feedback like talking to the people like really seeing like If they like it what they think of it and that that is great that that really like enables us to affiliate move towards the the direct direction then also I don't know for me you know when when I started the brand it was it was meant to be a passion thing like I never thought it'd be my job so I feel it's for me it's pleasure and it's it's nice also to kind of get to know the people talk to them uh, develop some friendships and and basically spend spend a good time uh, I, I know for some people like watches is is a job like with a lot of structures a lot of processes mm-hmm. um, basically a job like any other jobs for for me it's not that for me like first and foremost is is, is some passion and it's it's really cool to to really be talking to well, to the people who like what you do, who share your vision, to yeah, spend a good time with them. So no, that's that's great.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Cause and um, another one that I saw. So coming from Porcelain Dial into something completely different, the Perception. Yeah. Right? So the Perception has been extremely hot right now. Thank you. It has taken over a lot of publications, and rightfully so i mean the dial is phenomenal everything about it is just really well done a lot of it is attributed to the man behind the dial yeah so i actually wanted to know how did you guys find master shang
1: oh yeah that, that's that's a good story actually so um i think it's it's also heavily linked to like why we made perception so when the previous series was sold out like porcelain dc we had a long period like reflecting about um what we want to do how we want to position the brand shall we keep on doing it shall we like call it a day and quit and there's something that we're not that happy with which was that we felt the positioning was a bit like clumsy and and sometimes a bit hard to understand for people because it's like we're saying okay so we're making like i mean we try to make like extremely high quality chinese watches but at the same time, it's very affordable. We're like Chinese, but at the same time, we're French. And, and I think people really didn't get what we're doing. Like they liked the watch because uh, we, we sold them, but they didn't really get. So, yeah, we, we took that pose and we're like, okay, let's simplify things. So let's also do something that's more meaningful for us. And we decided that what we'd be doing is like, kind of like, yeah, the division is the, the best best Chinese watch is like full stop made by two French guys, but the, the best best Chinese watches. And when we reached that, we're like, okay, so we need to like up things. Uh, we need to improve things. And uh, the first thing we thought about improving is the dial. Because to really have this like positioning of, of really making something that truly truly showcase what China can be about, we needed to have like the, the best dial possible and that is like a, a true like metadata dial. Um, so we thought about Guilloche at this at this stage. Uh, but the issue is that um we never thought like we'd be able to afford guilloche because you know like you, you look at guilloche watches in Switzerland, and I think the, the cheapest was like the Louis R, but that was that's like a vertical engine, that's not like a Rose engine. Uh, sorry, like straight line engine, not like Rose engine. And then like the second chip, I think is the lane which is like at 10 or 11 um, so we never thought we'd be able to afford it so we were looking for CNC guilloche but even that is so hard to find in China because you know it's like if you do like real CNC guilloche it also takes a few hours and you, to, you need to have like very specialized kind of CNC machines and you have someone that oversees the process and it's very familiar with it so so we couldn't actually even find like someone who's doing CNC. And then we reach out to a guy who doesn't like us uh, in Beijing. His name is David Chong Chong Wei uh, mm. and i don 't know why this guy like literally hates us uh, Hates you yeah, he doesn't like the brand. he thinks we're really lame uh, I mean the guy is a bit weird too, but he really doesn't like the brand like you know, I feel like <laughs> in China, people like when they don't like you, they're not very direct like mm. uh, it's like there's this concept of not losing face but i remember the last time we visited him he asked us to leave like his house which is like very direct uh but anyway so he's quite connected to to the the craft and arts world he's a bit weird uh and as a last resort we asked him if he knew anyone doing cnc and he kind of laughed at us said cnc is shit there's only real gear that's Great. And he said that he knew the only Gyoshi master craftsman of China, but that this guy would never want to work with us because we suck. Uh, so we asked him, like, can you still put us in touch? And we insisted, we insisted, and he gave us the, the WeChat like, contact of that person. We just reached out to the guy and the guy was like, yeah, sure, let's, let's work together. <laughs> so that's how it, it got started.
2: So, so that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, can you? Uh, maybe talk about what the differences are between CNC and Rose yeah, Engine if you of
1: course it's, it's like uh, actually it's pretty straightforward it's like Rose Engine like uh, so so the way guilloche is done is that you have like a very like sharp like a uh, ch- ch- chisel or like cutting tool and it's attached to like a, a machine that will basically turn and you have sort of like different like wheels that enable you to do like different like concentric pattern uh with like a rose engine basically you have a guy who's like turning his engine and who's like switching between like the different like uh, thing in french is rosette i don't know how you say that in english sorry but basically between the different wheels to give like different like concentric patterns Mm -hmm. and then make the the one pattern so it's a very manual work
2: and takes eight hours to takes it takes
1: eight hours to do like this dial but this dial is considered like fairly not complex. Mm. Uh, more complex dial, it can take like 48, like ev- even more, like especially then when you have like assembly of different patterns and mm. it gets super hard. Uh, CNC basically, you have a CNC machine that will like replicate that, but it's, it's as if like there was a, a robot doing the okay. engraving work. So it's also engraved. Uh, it's not like a press dial or stem dial, where it's basically you have like a hydraulic like stem that will like make the pattern mm. and it will take like a half a second to make a pattern and you can make like so many for solid money um, yeah but, but it, it's, it's not something that common like CNC actually okay. like CNC guillot I know Comblemin the, the company of Carrie of they do a buff, and once I saw the, the prices and I mean there was a difference but CNC was definitely not cheap because mm-hmm. uh, it, it also takes a lot of time. Dial is like engraved. Uh, there's quite a lot of like defect. Uh, it's so easy to screw up. You need to have someone that like oversees the whole process and and so on and so forth. But ours are like real like uh, rose engine gene wow. uh, by the only guy in China and Asia. And the, re- who, and who the can retail do it. for
2: these were what 21?
1: 21. 21, 2100. Yeah, yeah, Tw- 21 was the pre-order. Uh, we had to increase prices like a bit for like retail. Uh, so now it's like uh, 28. Uh, okay. but
2: for us it's still 21.
1: I mean, for you, if you get the tattoo, it's zero. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we can make that happen. Yeah. Another change with this, with the perception, was that you went integrated.
1: Yeah, server, um, so. actually, that's a bit misleading because it's not really integrated. No, uh, we okay. we, di- we didn't want people to kind of like be. Trapped uh, with our like uh, system, and then like they they have to keep on buying straps, and also we need to keep on making straps, which is a pain. Uh, so it looks like it's integrated, but look, is if you not? no, it's not. You can put like any straps on that, any like eighteen that's like millimeters. The, you, that's stuff. like
2: the Dufresne
1: style. Yeah, yeah it's that's like so you know, it's those. kind of like a hooded leg like, design. <laughs> so you just put whatever you want. Um, <gasps> it won't look as good as our strap because you know, like the the end of like the, the bracelet is made so that like it very Plus, neatly nests yeah. Yeah, into it, but you thing. can put whatever you want. Uh.
2: And so right now, though, the movement in here, yeah. it's uh, made by Dandong, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's... Um, it's a non-hacking, and there, is there a ghost state?
1: No, there's no, no ghost no, position. no ghost date on this one. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, no. Uh, I mean, at the onset, it's based like on, on a new base they have, which is called SL1, which is like a thin movement base. Uh, we asked that, asked them, sorry, to, to modify that for us, so they made it like slightly thinner. Uh, okay. I mean, in a very negligible way, thinner, but still like a tiny bit thinner. Uh, but most importantly, they did two things. Uh, first one is that they increased the power reserve, because the movement is so thin that power reserve usually is set which is not that good I feel so we moved that to 41 which is acceptable uh, do you guys make
2: it tick slower or no 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 they
1: just improve the quality of the barrel of the oh. barrel, like they, they switch the material so it's a nicer barrel. Okay. And um uh, and yeah. And then also uh it's it's meant to be a, a date movement. So I mean of course we removed uh, the date window, but also they removed the whole date mechanism so you okay. don't so have you the cross position. Uh, I felt okay. the date would have ruined the pattern because it's it's a pattern where like the, the focal point is really yes. the center. So if you have something at three, six or or somewhere else, I don't know. It would kind of distract uh, the yes. 3D effect that we want to create. Also, we have very pre engraving on the movement. Like we spend a lot of time. I mean, it's it's a bit useless because no one is ever going to see those engravings because you can't see them like you through the, the case through the case back. Because you know, at the beginning they wanted to engrave with that like standard fonts you have on any engraving, and uh, I was not really, it's really a huge fan of that. So That's and they're clean. like the the, the the knife they used for engraving is like couldn't do like the serif of those letters. Mm. So we had actually to find like another knife. Uh, which is like actually like tough to find Because uh, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of like knife makers for like movement engravings.
2: There you are again going down the rabbit hole Yeah, 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 but the but best I, of the best. But then you
1: know, I'm happy like I'm like, okay, I know that this engraving like uh, I, I, I'll be happy to wear to wear the watch. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, hello.
2: So speaking about sourcing I I know that there was a a um, there's always a conversation of like do you go f- fully vertical if you can or do you kind of source in from different components make your own supply chain
1: yeah
2: um and you went with dandong but they they give you some flexibility and they helped you kind of find the yes, best, the best right so, so,
1: so they helped us uh because like they they were basically connected to everyone so for some of like the super specialized components like for instance like heat blue hands uh you don't have that many companies like really making like genuine like heat blue hands Uh, so that they helped us find a lot of other stuff like uh, i think crystal they had helped us the they had helped us um yeah. That, and, mm-hmm. and then it's like, I think it's it's really like kind of network effect. So it's like mm-hmm. you meet people and they introduce you to more people and so on and so forth. So for instance, like then like some of the suppliers that don't have introduced us, couldn't do some of the stuff we wanted. So they then introduced us like to new people. And I feel like as long as you stay within those kind of quality circles, uh, then you can, yeah, then you can find. Pretty so much do you see any benefit
2: want. with going to like Siegel? Because th- there's only a few that like, are, like, truly, like, verti- vertically uh, integrated all the yes, way through, so, right? so, so.
1: Seagull is vertically integrated, but... you
2: see a benefit of going to something like that? N-
1: n- not really, because, I mean, if you can choose, like, all your suppliers, then you can really get, like, the precise, like, quality level okay. you want. Um, for instance, I'm not sure, like, Seagull, like, works with, like, 904L still. So if I were to work with them, like, then I'd yeah i I would have had to use their own steel Mm -hmm. but then i wanted like a specific kind of steel and i wanted people who were able to finish it in a very specific way
2: and sorry for the noise, folks we're in the hotel lobby because
0: that's how we do things uh with the release of the perception yeah. it is limited
1: it, 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 it's not limited uh it's oh. like it's like we do like limited annual production but it's not limited edition i see so it uh, is part
0: of the core line
1: yeah it is because it's like i mean obviously we we can't make as many dials as we wish so that that's the bottleneck uh, i see yeah
0: so w- w- after this and after your guys i would say resounding success thank you uh, where do you like see the money. brand?
1: I mean, we really want to turn it into like the very, very best like, Chinese watches uh, as a kind of like flagship mm-hmm. window of like what best can be done in the country.
2: So, I have a great idea. For every successful article that you guys have, you should print it out and mail it to that guy that doesn't like you.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Every time something
0: nice. Send him this episode too.
1: He would still say something quite condescending, you know. He'd be <laughs> like, "Yeah, but those guys, they don't know what they're right about."
0: No. So that was GPHG. <laughs> How did the whole GPHG thing come about?
1: Oh, well, actually, it's not as successful as as it sounds because uh, we didn't move to the next stage. So. Right, but you were still nominated, though. Yeah. Still yeah, got yeah. it in a little bit. I think it's like, uh, it, it was the first time, and I think it's just like a bunch of people, uh, I, at least I know one of those people, the others I have no idea who they are, because uh, one of them he sent me a message, I think it's like, yeah, people kind of like nominate timepieces, uh-huh. and then like uh, you receive an email asking you if you want to take part and pay 700 Swiss franc uh, per timepiece, uh, thank god we put one.
0: You say that it's not that successful, but not a lot of watches make it through GPHG nominations? So I would say that, that that's still a notch on the belt. Well, let's shift now to, well, and this will be our
2: last section, I think, yeah. is kind of more of the story behind you and your buddy, Wilfred. Yep. Because you guys are the, the duo that started this all off. We are, we while are. You were, I think you were 23 years old?
1: Yeah, we were young. Wow. Sadly, it's... not anymore. I mean, we see the years passing by. Wow. I wish we were still 23.
2: So how did you guys meet? I mean this was at uh
0: the gong No, it's no? not there. They met through Warwick, right? Yeah, at yeah, Warwick. we met
1: at uni. We met on the very first day of the very first year of uni. Mm-hmm. Uh there was this kind of like integration party. This is where we met, but we were not really friends at the beginning. Uh but we quickly saw that we had a shared interest for China. And then in at the end of the first year there was this contest where you could go like yeah, study for one month in like a summer school in Beijing and uh, we were like, I mean, I think four people won it and uh-huh. uh, two of us were like Wilfried and, and myself. And we were like, oh yeah weird to see you here again so yeah we see uh, you, we see like we both like China and then like the year after so because there was a kind of like year abroad program uh, within the school uh, we both went to do like year abroad in, in Peking University uh, in the same course and we were like the, the two from the schools so we're like oh yeah seeing you again and that's when we became friends and uh, one
2: of you guys were the top of the class and the other was the the bottom of the class right in terms of yeah, performance yeah I
1: mean I was the top <laughs> <laughs> what do you think like uh, do you think you're right. to little <laughs> <We'll the bottom
0: laughs> we'll friends the one down there
1: yeah.
0: uh, so uh, you were saying that you guys went to China yeah so what was your fondest memory of uh, Guanghua School of Management
1: oh, of Guanghua School of Management uh, I have so many fond memories actually that was a really really good year uh, shit if I need to give one uh It's like there were like some bars next to the school. uh, I mean, in a place called Budaoko. It's not next next to the school, but by Chinese standard, it's next to the school. Uh, By human standard, it's five kilometers away. Uh, And it was really nice. We would always go there like after class. I don't know. It felt a bit like a kind of like surreal bubble, which, which I really liked because it was like you were in this environment. Um, there were a lot of other people from all over the world. Um, and at the same time, you were in a place that feels like so different from home. Uh, and at the same time, you're in a place where you really appreciate the culture. You want to discover more. And finally, you get to discover. And then there's a guy who's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take you for the whole year to visit watchmakers and watch factories. I mean, that was a dream, yeah. Like, uh, I, I really... Really, really loved it. Um, That that was so cool. Um, Something else I liked, uh, exploring Beijing is really nice. I think a lot of people, the first time they go to Beijing, they don't really like it because the city is is very wide, very big, very gray. It's a lot of concrete. Um, Maybe like Shanghai, feels more like businessy, more Western, more more, more sort of friendly. Beijing, I guess, is more like a political city. So it's, yeah, it looks a bit more austere. Uh, But I really like the contrast that you had between like those like kind of very like brutalist buildings big big spaces and then the tiny like allays of like the the thousand years old like hutongs and that was really cool because you'd be walking in like a two times like eight lanes avenue at night, and you will be like the single person and then like 200 meters on the right it'd be in these tiny alleys and there'll be like a lot of like small bars small restaurants like very warm Mm. um i heard the food is
2: really really good there and wilfred i think said he loved the bull testicles that he ate well, yeah. was that you which one of you guys no, no, at the it's, testi- it's
1: the bottom of the class what do you think yeah you're too refined
0: for the testicles
1: yeah that's yeah. A, it's his punishment like because he sucks at school so <laughs> he gets the testicles
0: that's so good so another one outside of watches yeah what do you do in your spare time
1: oh uh, now not much now i just run my watches because there's not a not a lot of spare time before actually watches were my spare time so I mean, it's a bit weird. It's like when we both graduated from school, we did that full time. Then at some point, we tried to launch in mainland China. That was kind of a failure, so we stopped. Uh, we both got jobs, and we were doing the the watches our pastime. Uh, and so now,
2: is it, is it safe to say that you don't play video games anymore? Because we found a profile you created on the website IGDB in 2014. Uh,
0: do you still play video games? What,
1: what is IGDB? Uh, okay. But, um,
0: Unless it's literally someone with the same name.
1: Wait, wait, can you show
0: me? Can you pull it up?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I-GDP, Give us uh, a it's, it's possible. At some point, I was playing like MMORPGs. Yeah, it was the, uh, that's what it was.
2: But got it was you. really bad What at was them. his uh, power level on that one?
0: <laughs> it doesn't say power level. We would have to find we it. We had to find it. Yeah. We'll, we'll
2: link it to you. We did deep research. We actually wow, hired oh a private God. eye that's been watching nope. you for the last 48 hours. Can,
1: can I hire you to stalk people? Oh, of course. <laughs> Thank you. you. want to go,
2: I already know, but like, t- so much about that guy in, in China that you want me to take out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Zongwen Ma.
1: Ah, Okay, that's
0: cool. <laughs> like, elementary?
1: Uh, very elementary. Wilfred Doe is really good. Oh, yeah. yeah? That's yeah, that's cool.
2: I mean... He, and we actually found an account on his, too. I wonder if he still does this. So we found a couch-surfing account registered to Wilford uh, Buran. Is that how his name is? Oh, yeah, that's
1: his name. Buran, and
2: yeah. um, he's open to all, quote-unquote, open to <laughs> all types of music. Do you think that still applies? Ah, that's so
1: cringy what he said. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. That entire profile. No, but I mean, he, he had a more like kind of like bohemian vibe than oh, me. So at some point he was really into this thing like
0: uh, the bond, uh, you know? Go yeah. yeah. Go, go figures.
1: In, yeah,
0: yeah yeah it's actually the photo of it was very bohemian and it's like him doing the like the peace side
1: but shit. I think like, he yeah. never did like couch surfing. he like <laughs> was it was more like a statement you know you're on there yeah, like uh, yeah. you're you living that, you that lifestyle yeah. i about yeah. it. I have yeah. a friend that
2: does that he lives with me he couch surfaces at my house for the uh, last like three years
1: is he open to all kinds of musics as well
2: he actually is he's a musician wow. yeah. oh
1: that's that helps
2: yeah that does help yeah, that. Yeah. he's doing something um, I mean that that was great. I, I, you wanna, any closing remarks, Jay? I think this did, did you, you
1: find Wilfrid's TV shows? I thought you would find those. He has TV shows? Yeah, he oh, was like doing right. reality TV in China for like oh, a year like and a, and a, half. Yeah, yeah.
0: He has a big following, doesn't he? Yeah, he is he, yeah. is. he gained a big following in China when he did the show uh, for Atelier Wen, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, when he's in China, does he get like fangirls?
1: Uh, yeah, I think like uh, it's, it's one of the topics like uh, that his girlfriend hates. Uh, <laughs> but it's like I think yeah he got some like fan girls because like the audience for his TV show is like uh, middle school girls. But <laughs> it's like I mean I'd rather get different kinds of fan girls. You know it's yeah, like great something but, a little more. But but. but, but once though we were in like uh, macau uh because we were going to like a, a wedding in Zhuhai and you know you can just cross the border and we had no money with us and i don't know why we couldn't like withdraw any money and we needed to take a cab and there uh, for the first time like uh, a fan recognized him and we asked the fan for money to pay for the cab and they paid and she gave money and we paid the cab and we went damn, to the wedding and the like people got married rocks, you got like yeah.
2: rock stars down there
1: yeah like rock star she wow. gave us like i don't know 15 bucks okay oh, that's, that's awesome like, real, yeah
2: that's real that's stuff. when you know you made it
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
0: girls like that.
2: so i think that concludes this episode what do you think i'm feeling great about that yeah
0: that was fantastic so that was fantastic i really enjoyed it and appreciate it I learned a lot about Australia, one actually, and we hope you did too, Robin. Yeah, I mean, I had so a,
1: an awesome time. Th- thank you so much, guys. Um, please let me know what uh, video game that was. And everything was. was consensual here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> everything is recorded, so don't worry. I cool. remember the tattoo. That's that's my takeaway from it. Yeah, uh, that was good. All
0: right, guys. Thank you so much. Hey. Yeah, thank you, guys. you.
1: thank you, Natasha.